It's also the first day, so you're expecting that they won't just all have some fucking orgy in the sand. Your mom is so fat that she left the house in high heels and came back wearing flip-flops. AFI. Came back. <laughs> Backstage stories. <laughs> Nice one, man. Okay, cool. How was your day so far? Easy, easy, easy. I'm working on a new podcast logo. Not for our podcast, because we... Are you are you cheating on me? No, <laughs> not on our logo, because we get a pretty amazing logo by the amazing Guy. But for one of the M94.5 podcasts, which needs a new logo. And so basically pretty chill, sitting at my computer, <laughs> listening to music and working on this thing. You uh, you hired Geef to do the design. No, I said I, I we this podcast does not need a new logo because we got an amazing logo by Gee. But I uh, am yeah yeah building yeah, yeah. a new logo for another M ninety four point five podcast. Okay, now I understand. I was like, oh, that's so cool that you you got him for another project. Yeah, I really love our logo. I think that was like that's um yeah Gileme Gileme Ataje is um, a guy that I really want to get on the show soon. We almost had a different kind of show today. You were almost here in my apartment, responsibly. Almost. You almost got here. You almost got in. Almost. But um, I was I was too quick, and I locked the door and called the police. And First base. And now I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, you got to first base. Um, yeah, but when we, when we do that... Then I think it's going to be easier to to call someone. I would like to get him in. He is the partner of Sebastian Bellinius, who we who we had on the show before as well. Um, but Guy is like an, a really talented uh, illustrator and animator, and he did the logo for this show, and he also did the um, and he did the whole artwork and uh, layout for the twelve songs for twelve friends vinyl and CD and poster and stuff. It's really beautiful, interesting artwork and. Yeah, I'd like to get him on there. But I want to ask you a little bit about the um, this like six-hour-long program show you did last weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, on Saturday. Um, how, how did you get that gig? Did you volunteer or something? Yeah, somehow, because I already knew... Um, so for those who are not in, into this super small regional bubble, um, where this whole... <clears throat> yeah, it's, a re- it's really small. Where this whole project emerged from... Um, in Oberstdorf, the small town where I grew up, and like just like your wife and where your family-in-law still lives, um, there is one club, the only club, and it's a pretty cool one, I, I would say. Um, and they're struggling, like I guess many clubs during during Big Rona, and they said like, okay, we don't want to. Um, we don't want to ask people for their money on anything, but we want to send out a a, a, a sign that we're still there and that, that we still <clears throat> can um, deliver cool shows. And many other clubs did live streams where they yeah. just put up a GoPro and filmed the DJ. And I said, "Now nah, we want to do it. We want to do it right, professional." Right. <laughs> and um, within I don't know two weeks from this idea. Um, they got to a point where they got professionals in any part of the the production. Um, who like professionals in 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 every department yeah, exactly. of like production and media. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody volunteered, and it's really cool, man. And so we and and cool guests, musicians, international musicians, um, German musicians, German. Um, famous sports guys, etc., for interviews. And they set up a six-hour-long live stream, which I had um, the honor to host with um, another guy who's who's working for ORF, like um, public broadcasting from Austria. Oh, cool. Okay. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Great experience for me. Um, and it was a lot of fun because when I first got the call from Mario who I knew before, who's the, the the owner of the place who runs this club. Um, and he told me what he had in mind. I was like, okay, I know how those kind of television setups work. 
there's no chance they're gonna make it because just because the sheer amount of of budget or the, the sheer budget you need to to set up this this the studio and to get all the people together etc etc but it worked out and was pretty professional when i um when i looked at it afterwards um looked like a like an actual tv show and so it was great fun for me great experience and just cool to see how what what you can can move and what you can bring together just by a bunch of volunteers who all have the same goal and who all bringing their their heart and their soul to this project which has no financial yeah. um interest in it and still deliver a very professional output so everybody absolutely every, absolutely it, everybody was yeah. pretty proud of it and the whole idea of the live stream was that the stream would deliver 6 hours of entertainment um DJ sets, music videos from artists that played Herba before, um, interviews, etc., etc., and the people at home would organize barbecue parties with their families, um, or any anyway um, barbecue parties that um, <laughs> still fit the the actual rest- Corona restrictions, etc., and would would post about yeah, yeah. it, and the parties who are the coolest looking Mario would um, get in his old Ford truck. Maybe you've seen it before, this 70s brown Ford truck, which always is at, at Grubenroofs with the with the coffee machine in it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so <laughs> okay. pre- pretty stylish vehicle. And he got in, in, in this car and got the bag full of, of beer cases and meat and stuff for, for the barbecue which they got by sponsors and drove around the Algoy and the people who sent the coolest pictures or videos or the most creative ideas, he visited them and gave them free beer and food, etc., and little gifts from the sponsors. So it was pretty cool because the people had their party at home and we would deliver the entertainment for it. And it worked out pretty well. Man, that is such a big production for a volunteer-based charity fundraiser. That's unbelievable. I mean, like this, the six-hour programming alone with professional uh, MCs and hosts, professional, well, at least mostly professional musicians. I know some of them, uh, I mean, one, one band we know does it for fun. Um, and the, the, the editing of it, the arrangement of it, the, the, the lighting and, and, and everything, and like including the people at home to, to be creative and do something cool and then get gifts in return from it from sponsors who support i mean it's just like what a huge success that that is for for a small club in in oberstdorf yeah exactly and i guess that's that's why it turned out so so good because everyone at one point saw what potential lies within this project and that is what the people were so hyped about look we can do this without any budget just by by our power and what we can do as volunteers. Yeah. And the people seemed to like it and um, and took part. Like there were people who had their barbecue parties in the gardens yeah. um, who built pools, especially for their Herba barbecue party at home. <laughs> That's so cool. How, how did, um, so how was money raised for the bar throughout this, throughout this program? So there wasn't really money raised for the bar, um, only um, money for the for the guy who owns the studio and the, the technicians, camera guys, etc. Because they put in a lot of hours um, and took off from work, etc. And we had an, an QR code within the stream, yeah, which you could scan with your phone and um, send a little something via PayPal. Okay, so you you could um, donate to support the production in general, but like yeah, the um, the main return was like a friendly reminder slash you know decent exposure for the bar to remind people that the bar will be there when this is over. Exactly. Yeah, and to man, amazing. Uh, um, I don't know how how cool it is if we get deeper into this, but they have some some struggles with the city of Oberstdorf and the whole. The thing is also like a, like a statement. 
How, how so? What do you mean? So, um, a statement of power. Um, a statement of power, and that because the thing is, I think I can, I can, I can, I can say this. Um, we can always edit it if you worry about it. Later. Yeah, Mario and his crew, or basically Mario, he's the guy who who runs the place, and he rents the the location, the herba, from the city of Oberstdorf. And during Corona, uh, he doesn't own it. And during yeah, because it's it's within the town hall, so or in the in the right. cellar of the of the town hall, this club, super funny story. But the city of Oberstdorf. Um, when the the whole lockdown started, would not um, stop the the rent. They kept asking for money, even though the bar can't serve yeah. customers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're still discussing it, and I think a decision is made end of this month. And this whole thing was kind of a statement, like, "Hey, we're worthy." to be supported. We are reaching so many people, people like Herba, people of, of any age. And that, that there were children who sent pictures to the streams or parents with their children, um, teenagers, people in their 20s, 30s, but even people in their, in their 60s. Yeah. And that's a cool thing because that's what it was all about, sending a statement, hey, the Herba is part of this, this community and it's relevant yeah. and people like to go there and there are cool things happening. Don't let this die. Yeah. And it was, so it was not about um, raising money for the Herba, um, but to, to, to set a statement. Man, that's a really, man, that's a really, um, di- man, <laughs> it's a really big, um, I'm almost lost, lost for my words today. Um, it's a big um, achievement to go through all of that effort with so many um, with so many willing volunteers um, for for relatively no money to to support this one bar. That's that <clears throat> that means that this bar really has touched, like you said, like uh, you know, several different generations of people who um, you know having gone there a lot or not can support the fact that it's um, a popular place that mainly is for good in this town. And I forget that it's part of the town hall. Um, but this, this uh, fact that a lot of um, cities still charge rent to companies that can't uh, obtain any money right now um, is, a, is actually a worldwide problem. Uh, in general, there's that whole, you know, hashtag, can, is it cancel rent, I think is the trend, trending hashtag for that same exact problem. So um, <clears throat> I shouldn't have been surprised at all to hear that that was an issue going on for them. Um, d- does he have a plan? Do you know if Mario has a plan for when they're able to, in any way, kind of reopen to, you know, limited crowds? Or is there any opening in sight? Do you know? Mm. I guess he has um, a plan how to restart, but we haven't talked about this too okay. much. But the the big issue is um, it's still total totally un- uncertain when they will be able to reopen because bars, etc., and places where you can sit down, those are the, the places you can control. And but clubs are, I guess, are the the last ones who will be allowed to reopen. Right. So it's still not in sight. Um, I guess he would have but, to like he, if he um, wanted to open. I guess if he wanted to open sooner than later, he'd have to alter what kind of situation you could walk into. Yeah, because I mean it is. It's like you say. I've been I've been there a few times myself, and it's really, you know, on the weekend, it's you know shoulder to shoulder. It's really packed out in there, and especially between like midnight and four a.m. on a good night with good music, it's really um, it's really popping. And that that kind of thing won't fly for a long time, um, but I but I wonder if he was like okay, you know if if because now there's you know we we talked on the last episode about going into restaurants. I wonder if he was like okay, I'm going to put you know ten tables down and just rotate these tables out, you know as much as possible. But I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make financial sense for him to turn all the refrigerators back on, all the lights back on, and stuff just for that. 
Yeah, you you gotta you gotta um, add to that that he also since last year um, owns a little cafe in Oberstdorf, which is um, running again. So I guess it doesn't make that much sense to open the Herba also as a kind of restaurant or cafe or whatever. Yeah, but okay. um, like I said, it, it's it's totally uncertain when they will be able to reopen. But since this stream. Um, worked out so so good there is the idea that um if they have to be closed um longer for for if, um a few more months um that we will do this more often but then with um with real sponsors who who not only um sub, um bring in the 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 beer supply or whatever for the people taking part but who will um, spend money on it? Yeah, that, that would definitely be the next. Yeah, that would have to be the next step for sure, just to to bump it up to where he can actually pay his rent for you know three or four months more at least. Yeah. Um, well, I would yeah. have, and that's an idea because many. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry. You first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Um, because many people watched, and um, so. A lot of people were watching it, so it might be attractive for for local sponsors, and they might um, edit a trailer out of the the stream we did on Saturday for for promotion. And maybe it works, and um, we can do it more often. And maybe there will be a Jordan Prince performance. I was, yeah, I that know. was that was actually what I was saying. I was like, uh, I will, I would happily volunteer to um, to put a put a song into this uh, feed because it was so cool. And I've also, you know, Herba um, started these like acoustic concert sessions uh, maybe two or three years ago. And um, I have to say, I played one and it was one of the greater um, profited concerts I had played alone at, at that time. It was really like, you know, you we got a, I got some dinner out of it and of course unlimited drinks which is always nice um but also i had a place to stay and i had um really really good money they they the people tipped really well and um he really encouraged it and really pushed it and they listened to him they kind of respect like he's kind of the chief around there and then whatever there was in the bucket he added money from the bar on top of it and it was even i don't remember how much it was but it was um I remember taking the like the stack of cash on the train back to Munich and just thinking I did not expect this at all. You know, it was a really it was really great for the artists. So I, I would happily, you know, volunteer uh, you know, a performance or something to um to benefit that place even though I don't go there that often, but that was a really great experience. Yeah, that's um one thing I also heard that they are really fair when it comes to to paying artists that play there. Plus, um, if there is another stream, I think there's also um, the possibility, because we had, I don't know if you've seen this within the stream, but there has been one artist um, who was playing live in the studio. Mm. No, I didn't see with that. Us. <clears throat> and that's something um, I could imagine, imagine, and I think it wouldn't be too difficult to set that up. And I guess Mar Mario would be happy to, to have artists where were you, where for, were you recording from? If there is another were show, were you recording from the bar? Uh, no, no, it was a, an an actual studio. Um, oh, I thought you guys made made which like a is like owned a thing. Sorry, I, there is a little bit of a delay. I'm not trying to talk over you. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, easy. Um, no, next to Kempton, there's a guy who who owns a studio which is mainly made for photographies, like family shootings etc wedding shootings i don't know um but since the lockdown started he started to to change some things around bringing some some new lights etc and started doing live streams um tim has done one there has they have streamed a concert from there uh, blunts and hacking you know his his folky project ah uh, uh, is this the, is, is this the studio from marcel exactly ah of course, I know that. Yeah, I, I was supposed to. I'm supposed to do a show there this month, but I had to. I had to uh, reschedule it, unfortunately. But yeah, okay. I know. I know exactly what you talk about now. What you mean? 
Yeah, and and from that studio we we streamed the whole thing, and Marcel was part of the production. Man, that's awesome. He, um, that's really cool that he has this whole space set up, right? Especially now uh, they did they've been doing a lot of uh, live streams out of that out of that spot, including your own. Yeah, yeah, and it's in and it was pretty professional. So mm-hmm. I gotta say, I I know professional TV studios, and this thing was not that far away from that. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. So pretty cool. That's good to know. Yeah. I was excited. Uh, Tim Hecking, a good friend of ours that we've talked about before, um, had suggested that, so he did a live, he's a great musician, maybe one of the best I know. And he did a, a cool live stream concert from this really cozy, like sleepy looking, uh, studio. And I wasn't sure where it was. And he told me, I guess it's near Immenstadt, right? Near Kempton. Near Camden, okay. Um, and he wrote me a few weeks ago suggesting that I get in touch with Marcel, the guy who in charge of it, and to, to do a concert. And everything was already booked, man. We um, we had the date. I sent him the press info. He had put it on Facebook. Um, and it was supposed to be, I think, this Saturday. Yeah, five days from now. But uh, I had to move it. So I guess I'll just try... Maybe I can do that um, end of June or July or something. But sounds like a cool idea. Right now, I hadn't been taking many um, online uh, concert suggestions or, or, or offers. There was like, I mean, I'm not saying that there was a lot, but there was just a handful. And I, for some reason, was kind of turned off from it at first. And then there was a festival. I told you about it, I think, this uh, Open Air Festival that booked... Um, the artists for a home live stream instead of on the stage. And um, ever since I did that one, it was like um, a really comfortable feeling to, to be able to be able to play the songs from home. And I think I felt more comfortable to talk about the history of the songs and the details of the words behind them and like where I was when I wrote them and what they're about and stuff before doing that. This, these kinds of like really intimate intimate concerts that you you don't really have that same experience on a bigger stage or at least at least I don't because I think I especially in Germany I think I tend to lose some of the audience because of the language maybe they they just want to hear the songs and if I talk too much then of course it can it can get boring um so on, on here I just thought well I'm booked for you know 30 or 40 minutes here I've got my songs let's let's just like dive in and make it romantic and if if the few people that really want to hear this listen to it, then they're going to get something extra special. And actually I had a couple of people um, call me or they wrote me um, saying that they were um, so happy to, to have this, this information about the songs because they hadn't heard, you know, some of the stories or some of the, the meanings behind them before. And I thought, Oh, that's cool. Okay. So someone got something out of it. And ever since then, when there's a couple of when there's an idea for a a streaming concert i uh i'm taking a bit, a bit more seriously at least while i still can so i think if there's another one for huaba i would uh i would definitely take you guys up on that um i wanted to to get you to explain something uh there's <laughs> like this ongoing not well i don't know if it's appropriate to say an ongoing joke but there's kind of a joke a pun um, that a lot of bars do in Germany. <clears throat> so like the, so bar is actually kind of a, um, a suffix to a word. So if you think like, um, that's this basketball is sinkable or this ship is sinkable. It's like the ubble, right? And then hua is like here. So it's kind of like hearable or like audible. Right. And that's something that was so funny to me to to think that so many places do this. But you must know a a handful of bars that do this pun. Right. I've seen um, in in many different cities in in Germany, many different um, (laughs) approaches to this um, joke, but not that many which are so great. Um, yeah, but 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 who about translate to, I guess to, to audible. Yeah, um, I guess the, yeah, you wouldn't say hearable, but like no. yeah, I guess it's kind of 
Hero Audible. Roll. <laughs> that's a cool one. I think that's really cool. Um, what have I? <laughs> I don't know what I. What do I have anything else in mind? Mm, not sure. Maybe I find some some yeah. of the 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 the, the funniest. Oh yeah, yeah, you could do that. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you watch Joe Rogan much, but sometimes when you Google things while we're talking, I imagine you like Jamie. <laughs> pull that up, pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love Joe Rogan memes. I love Joe Rogan memes. That he's so easy. Like I like him a lot. He also is kind of insane. Sometimes says really stupid shit too. But um, his show is always very interesting, and I love how easy he is to make memes about. Because he has this, he says, you know, these like several things, every show, um, like these almost like catchphrases. And I love um, when someone suggests something really insane. So he's really into, for those who for some reason have not heard his extremely famous show, he's really into conspiracy theories and hunting and uh, cars and comedy, basically. And whenever there's a meme of like someone and MMA fights. Yes. Right. Yeah. He's a super successful MMA, um, uh, host or, or no, not referee. What do you call it? What do you call it? When someone's like commentator, commentator. And, um, yeah, he also, you know, like practices MMA stuff and jujitsu and whatever. Anyway, the point is whenever there's a meme of, uh, someone like there's a famous one of Elon Musk smoking the, the blunt and, uh, you know, he he can you can throw out any prompt, like any like, did you know that blah 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 blah? And then I just love this. There's a perfect picture of yeah. Joe Rogan with the eyebrow up of interest, and it just always says like, "Pull that up, Jamie." <laughs> I just love that. It's so simple. <laughs> but if you don't know the show, then you don't they don't get it. But um, should definitely. I, By the way, I found some. Oh, you did. Okay, tell us. Tell us. Um, I got furchtbar, which um, translate to translates to horrible. I thought I thought furcht was like wet. Nein, furcht. Ah, ah. like fear. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> <laughs> then there is a. Um, then there is this um, sichtbar. You know what that translates to? Is that uh, not Gesicht, not face? No. And I, I get face and story mixed up, Gesicht and Geschicht, right? But it's neither of those. No, no, it's sichtbar. Sicht. I, no, I don't. I don't remember. Sicht um, comes from sehen. Oh, seeable. Yeah, like visible. I guess. Oh, visible. Yes. Yeah, hearable, audible, seeable, seeable. Visual, visible. <laughs> Well, I can see it, see it, and hear it, so it's seeable and hearable. <laughs> if you see a bull and hear a bull, it's a bull. <laughs> oh no! And then there's one, there's one um, who has something to do with cows, I guess, and um, they have their their menu, and it's called Kulinarisches. Linarisches. I know it's like. Do you get that one? Oh, moo. Oh, Kulinarisch. Uh, so it's like. Cow, cow, culinary, yeah. Oh, oh culinary, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Oof. There are heavy ones. That, I think that just took a year off my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Wandelbar. Oh, like Wanda, like to, like to, like Wandern, like to hike. Nee, Wandel. Oh no, Wanda, like, I don't know. I don't know, changeable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, this bar isn't great. Oh, that's okay. It's Wanda Bar. <laughs> it's changeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh my God. That's so bad. I was, this reminds me, I was having dinner um, a few days ago and we, the people I was with, we got really into. Did you ever get into uh, Yo Mama jokes? Uh, of course. Every Everyone. I hope I hope I hope you have a bunch because I one of my favorite oh man one of my favorite ones is um yo mama is so dumb she was putting lipstick on her forehead saying she's trying to make up her mind <laughs> no oof oof <laughs> oof <laughs> oof I love that one or um 
Your 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 mom is so fat in school. She sat next to everybody. <laughs> but I get one like this. Um, let me let me. Okay, I think I can translate it. Your mom is so fat that she left the house in high heels and came back in flip flops. Your, your mom is so what? Say it again. The, your mom is so fat that she left the house in high heels and came back wearing flip flops. Came back. In- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god your mama you so know, there poor. was like a whole your family um, what oh go ahead your mama your mama, your mama, so, mama poor, so poor what? your family ate cereal with a fork to save milk <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's really good man it you know it only hit me like a few days ago that uh that Chuck Norris jokes were so big that they came to Germany. I thought that was such a only an American thing. <laughs> yeah, but they did you did you get into Chuck, did you get into Chuck Norris jokes? Um, yeah, but I I always thought it didn't work out that um, that funny in German. But I guess most jokes don't I mean, work out that silly. funny in German. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, there's there's definitely like room for. Uh, Room for exception. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but by the um, way. Yeah. Your mom is so old, I told her to act her own age and she died. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. That's so stupid. <laughs> Fuck man. Your mom is so, so fat. I love it. When your mom is so fat when she sits on an iPod it turns into an iPad. Oh, that's terrible. That's really bad. <laughs> that's a really bad one. Oh my god. Oh. Oof. You know there was like a whole TV show with uh Wilmer Valderrama, the guy who played um Oh man, what's this character's name on that 70s show? Fez. He played Fez on that 70s show. And he had the this that, there's like several seasons of it, I think. It's I think it's just called Yo Mama or Yo Mama Burns or something like that and it's uh there was like this reality TV show, comedy show on MTV, I think for a few years. And it was just like Wilmer Wilmer Valderrama was just going into the street and getting kind of friends together or you know strangers or something and just throwing out yo mama burns back and forth and you had like this crowd vote of like oh you know <laughs> to see who won so i mean americans will make a show about anything and yeah even the podcast called artsy fartsy immigrants especially that did you see um <laughs> Did you see there's this... Uh, I love the way your face changed when I said that. <laughs> I got excited. You got me very excited, Mr. Bachata. Um, <laughs> did you see this... Um, I th- I'm looking up the name now just so I don't get it wrong, but there is a show... Ah, Too Hot to Handle. Did you see this promoted on your Netflix? Uh, I saw the, the, the trailers... And then I decided to never watch Netflix trailers again. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, then I decided to kill myself. <laughs> Would Dude, also be fitting. Yeah. I There was, okay, I'm not going to lie. Did you watch it this actually? Is a, this is an artsy fartsy exclusive. I watched four episodes of it. What? And I regret it so much, dude. I regret it so much because I thought I, I thought at first that there's no way that this um, reality show is exactly what it seems. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, it, this is this is almost this is almost too dumb to pitch to a network, you know, to say, hey, there's six super sexy people, and the pot of money will be all theirs if they don't kiss or have sex. Oh how are they going to do it? I thought there's no way that this is the real, this is the real plot of this reality show. And it is man. 
it is. <laughs> How fucking dumb am I to think it would be anything else than that? I, I, I put it on. What did you expect? I, I just thought like, I thought, okay, they're pitching it with all these sexy people because that's what's going to get some dummies attention. And there's going to be like something, some challenge that's like richer than that. Or like, there's going to be some obstacles that come into place, but there's not. It's just six hot people. And on like day one, they've been at this island for like four hours. There's already people kissing on this chair. Someone's like, feeling someone else up on this bed and I'm like ew first off you're complete strangers and this is like obviously faked for camera and it's so like it makes me feel so bad for the human race because they're all really really dumb people and it's it's embarrassing man like uh, the only thing I can be really thankful thankful for is that it's not uh just Americans that it's it's an international show of idiots um, un- unfortunately there's no Germans because they know better <laughs> international show of idiots that's the title of this episode by the yeah, way yeah alright that's it international show of idiots um, and I, it, it just blows me away okay alright I'll, 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 I'll paint the picture for you you have um, you have this island and the, the people start arriving and uh, for the first uh, 20, they have like 12 hours upon arrival where they, where anything could happen without any uh, repercussions, but they don't know that. And it's also the first day. So you're expecting that they won't just all have some fucking orgy in the sand. Um, so they, you know, they meet and they're pretty upfront about the compliments to each other pr- pretty much right off the bat. And it's really uncomfortable and they're all in bikinis and swimming trunks for no reason. And, um, I mean, they're not swimming. They're just like sitting on these sofas anyway. Um, and then when the timer's up, then there's like these weird, like little Alexa looking mechanisms all over the house that like listen in and watch them and then chimes in occasionally and is like, like, Sandra, you're getting awful close, don't you think? You know, don't spoil the prize or whatever. And um, the the really the thing is, they're not they're not being um, what's it called? Oh my god, I've forgotten all of my words today. Um, celibate. They're not they're not being celibate so that they individually can win a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is. The hundred thousand dollars is the pot. So if you had all six of these people and they were all celibate, then they would have to split that six ways, like I think after taxes. So there's really no point in this at all. And it's it's so dumb, dude. It's so dumb. And like one person gets all these, uh, one person can't control themselves. It's like some, some uh, Australian guy. And he's just like kissing her and like having sex with her and whatever. And he doesn't care and they're losing all this money. And then this one guy quits. He's like, you know what? I can't do this. You know, you guys are all nice and stuff, but I'm, I'm out of here. And I thought he was the smartest one. He didn't do anything and then he left. And I was like, this guy's great. And then when he left, they were like, but can they handle the two new arrivals? And they just brought another girl and guy. And it's just like, how was this the challenge? You just added more people. This isn't, there's less money now. Oh, no. That's so dumb. Anyway, that's my that's my rant about too hot to handle. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's worse than drinking like a liter of schnapps a day for a month. You're just losing brain cells. I felt so dumb. It's terrible, man. <laughs> we could we could um make this a, a running joke. Drink drink schnapps at the beginning of every episode as long as Too Hard to Handle is still on Netflix. Oh, man. Well, then we're going to be drinking this. We're going to be drinking for a long time. I really hope they don't make a season two. I hope that I hope they didn't have enough streams to make another season. It's it's unbelievable that they can make a show like this. It's crazy. It's crazy. Man, have you have you watched uh, have you watched or seen anything of value? (laughs) recently have you seen anything good that you'd like to share um we've already talked about the the mj documentary and after that what did i watch 
I guess not that. Um, no, I I mainly um, got back to reading within the last two or three weeks. Oh, nice! What um, are you reading? And but I can I can recommend a book if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. Um, it's I gotta I gotta say it's it's been um, <laughs> laying around in my room for a long time because I got it I don't know like nine months ago. And I always thought, yeah, I'm going to read this next. But then I always had <laughs> some other th things to read. And um, it was an eye-catcher for me because, um, I've, because I'm, I thought about my privileges, etc. for a long time after the whole George um, Floyd thing. And it's not that like I'm... I think I'm not one of the guys who realized in 2020 that we have a worldwide a, a, um, a problem with systematic racism but it was another height of attention etc anyways and so i got back to this book because um the author is called michael connelly and he's been um a police and crime reporter for the for the la times um for a long time in the 80s and 90s 80s and 90s, yeah. and I, um, and also during the whole Rodney King um, drama. Oh wow! And this book is called um, "Angels Flight," um, which is the name of a um, fuck. I don't know the, the the term in English, like the Nebelhornbahn, uh, Seilbahn. What do you call it? Like the the trolley, like the rail car that takes you up. Yeah, kind of a, a rail car in 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 LA, which to to one district. This it, it's been built early twentieth century or whatever. And in this, um, oh, it's like a, like a like a street car that takes you. No, yeah. it's 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 hanging on a rope. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah, rail. Like I think it's rail car, but uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I know what you mean. But but the name of this thing is Angels Flight, and in this rail car there has been a murder. I guess five or six years after, after the Rodney King drama, and um, a, a lawyer, a black lawyer who's been very successful, um, again in uh, on court against um, police brutality, etc., has been killed in this rail car, and it's written from the perspective of the of the the cop who has to to solve this and his struggles because he has all his his um his white colleagues around him that don't want this case to be um to be nah, like uh, published found out about yeah. anything yeah they don't want they want to, to they don't they have no interesting uh, interest in bringing out the truth etc um yeah. and the in the um, many many gangs are already heated up because of this drama and it has been this black lawyer and this this whole conflict of the city white cops versus um black families etc um and this this whole dilemma of this of this of this one cop who's basically a pretty honest good guy but has his own struggles and the struggles with his colleagues etc and has to solve this And it's super catchy and super interesting, um, and I can totally recommend it. And it's because the author has been a police reporter for so long; it's pretty detailed, and um, it creates um, partly shocking and partly amazing pictures in your head. And I can totally recommend this book, "Angels Flight" by Michael Connelly. Uh, dude, that sounds extremely interesting. That sounds extremely interesting and relevant. You know, it sounds really important to yeah. read that um yeah i know you know i was thinking about all this stuff that's going on and i also thought it was kind of interesting how um on netflix you can see what's really popular right now like what's being streamed the most and um it's it's definitely you know um concurrent with all the social discourse going on there's like there's this amazing documentary there's two amazing documentaries if you haven't seen them I really recommend it. One is called 13th about the 13th amendment, um, the ab abolishment of slavery. 
and how that's basically that basically introduces how systemic racism became an issue because of how these loopholes in the in the um in the in the laws forced people to see African Americans from the perspective as criminal because there's this phrase these phrases of like you know slavery is abolished except for in the cases of um criminal um what do you call it when you imp- uh, criminal imprisonment so they you know of course flip that perspective uh specifically onto them to arrest them more and now there are more african americans in american prison systems today or at least in 2016 when this came out then there were slaves all slaves and that's insane to me that's unbelievable so that's a really great documentary huh insane like like you said yeah yeah um and there's another one um that i have to finish i want to finish it uh tonight if i can um i got about halfway through yesterday um called i am not your negro and uh that one yeah t- like title alone pretty much speaks for itself but it's 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 also very very educational and very interesting to see um see how all this is kind of led up to today and how it's not surprising um one super interesting thing that i discovered today and i have to give the credit because i'm a i'm one of those uh liberal whiteies who learns his news from satirical comedian types but i watched the new john oliver special on facial recognition it just came out uh yesterday and oh my god man um <laughs> there's this there's this big company that is kind of taking over the facial recognition software or it's just you know exploiting it for all it's worth and it's very scary and it's very they're about to cross some pretty major legal lines uh, because of how they phrase what they do and mm, there was a wasn't there um also a New York Times daily podcast episode about this company I haven't I guess so I've, I've, I've listened to one I haven't listened to the daily in a, in a little while uh, I listened to it last week um, but not this not not like in the last uh, but never mind I I thought it, it this is just the same um company but I also would have to look it up yeah we can we can figure it out later but uh, it could be it really could be it's a humongous company and they're really sketchy and they they sell you know, your face to the world basically on a big database. And the majority of people that use it are in law enforcement. And this is actually relevant to the marches happening right now, the peaceful protests, because what companies like this are allowing people to do is they're allowing people in law enforcement to gather images of people's faces who are in the peaceful protests, recognizing their face and seeing in a crowd of people who might who might have an outstanding warrant for any given reason that could even have an outstanding warrant for the fucking parking ticket and if they do then that gives them the the I wouldn't even say it gives them the right to arrest them but it gives them the encouragement or at least or like a reason to go and 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 arrest them out of the peaceful protest and I think it's so it's it's really like I hate to to sound so cliche or like um, some sort of echo chamber, and but it's really it's scary for it's me. It's scary, and it's exactly like 1984, man. It's really like they are like this. You know, you hear about this 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 government uh, watching you, and you know, you know the whole um, the whole uh, NSA story. And I always I can't believe I always forget this guy's name. He's so important. Um, the guy who's uh, escaped living in exile in Russia, he was the American who exposed all the WikiLeaks, not WikiLeaks, but he exposed all the documents about the government watching us. Snowden, Edward Snowden. Jesus Christ, man. He's so important. And I always forget his name. Um, but, you know, you hear stuff about what Snowden exposed. And, you know, of course you hear, you know, people running conspiracies left and right based on that information. But this is just, for me because I'm always late to the game, it feels so real and so scary that this stuff is really happening now and we don't really have a chance to stop it or not. You know? 
it's really, it's really wild to know that that's um, a reality. And this guy, you know, this guy who runs the company, he's, he's in these interviews saying that, um, you know, he doesn't want to work with companies like China or Russia or North Korea or Iran. And someone, this interviewer asks him a really interesting question. And he's like, well, are you um, still exposing all these strangers faces um, for profit in countries where they, for example, view homosexuality as a crime. And then instead of just saying, no, of course not. We, we monitor that sort of thing. He just said, well, there's a lot of bidders on this kind of software and we have to take it one day at a time, which is so unsettling. Pooh. That means yeah. there's so many countries, so many countries fighting for this ability for obvious wrongdoing, as far as I can tell, you know? It's really, uh, yeah, it's a really spooky, really spooky time, man. <laughs> really spooky. Um, and I guess uh, I, sadly, I have to call it here, but oh, okay. I okay. find it pretty cool that we have, I guess, <laughs> within the last 10 minutes, um, I've brought together a lot of recommendations for our listeners, which they can fill their heads with until next week when we will record another episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I highly recommend, um, what was the name of the book one more time? Angel's Flight by Michael Connelly. And the two documentaries were I Am Not Your Negro and 13th, both of which are on Netflix. Um, Mo, thank you very much for your time today. I'm sorry for being a little late. Easy. Um, and for those who enjoyed today's show, please make sure to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. Give us a good rating, review, or a comment, or please share it online or even just tell a friend because word of mouth still works pretty powerfully these days. Um, thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.